Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. This episode of Military Wife Life is proudly brought to you by Defence Bank. Serving those who protect us, Defence Bank have the largest on-base branch network with 37 locations around Australia. They have Army, Air Force and Navy covered. To find your closest branch, visit defencebank.com.au. Welcome to the Military Wife Life podcast, Shane Vining from DCO's National Operations. So you're Deputy Director of National Operations. That sounds like a pretty huge role. Can you tell us about that role and what you do within DCO? Sure. Uh, firstly, thanks, Beck, for uh, having me on to discuss the Defence Community Organisation. In relation to my role as Deputy Director of National Operations, we in DCO headquarters have within our directorate various responsibilities, one of those being the 24-hour Defence Family Helpline, which I'll talk about in more depth later on in in the chat. And then I um, also have responsibility for various programs catering to defence families, one of those being the Partner Employment Assistance Program. The program was stood up in 2017 and offers funding support for defence partners when they post or when their ADF member is transitioning from the ADF on medical grounds. Other programs that I manage include the Education Assistance Scheme, the Dependents with Special Needs Scheme, all Pac-Man provisions catering for ADF members and their families when they have circumstances arising that they need assistance. The other um, areas of service and program support that DCO offers, I'll go into detail as they come up in the chat. How many people does DCO support across Australia? We support ADF members and their families. And while not all family members are recognised dependents, we know there are more than 58,000 ADF members uh, around the world defending Australia's national interests. So if you look at the number of ADF members and then, and then you think about family that are recognised dependents and ones that aren't, it sort of adds up. And so DCO at any one time could be supporting many, many ADF families. And so within DCO, there are various people in various roles. Who are the main people that spouses would be interacting, I guess, on the, on the ground with and seeking support from sure. on a daily, weekly basis? So in addition to the Defence Family Helpline, there's various staff within the local DCO area offices, such as your family liaison officers, and I'll uh, refer to them as flows during the conversation. You've got your social workers, obviously, your military support officers, otherwise known as MSOs, EDLOs, they're the education liaison officers and also then you've got the management of those local area officers supported by our DCO headquarters team here in Canberra. In terms of the various roles that are carried out, flows obviously have a depth of knowledge of the local community and can provide advice and information to help families find resources and services that they're after. Social workers help to address personal relationship or service-related issues. And then you've got the MSOs, who are uniformed officers, who provide um, advice and assistance and practical support uh, in relation to military matters. They also liaise with units and command on the ADF side. Okay, and how do individuals or uh, family members, I guess, access the support of those people? Is it a matter of them calling their local DCO office, or emailing? What is the best way for them to access 
some support through those people? The best way to access support is firstly by calling the Defence Family Helpline. They can also ring their local DCO area office. The numbers for the helpline and the area office are on our website, but I also encourage partners and, and family members that are listening to your podcast to put the helpline number into their phone, 1-800-624-608. That way they've got it at the ready should they need it in an emergency or if they're, they're just out and about and they think they'd like to call up for some information and support. They can also send it to their ADF partner as it's a tool for them to use as well. Okay, so if someone wants to contact the helpline, Line. What is it that they will be giving them? Would they be directing them to the best person for them to speak to depending on what they're calling for or is it general information or is there other people that they can connect them to that aren't uh, through the DCO office? What is the main uh, role of the, the helpline? The DCO helpline is what we term the front door to DCO. That doesn't mean if you're already linked in with your area office, you can't contact them either. You most certainly can. But for someone calling DCO initially or for ease, after hours, the helpline is the number to call. Depending on the circumstances that arise from the call, the helpline will do either a brief assessment or if it requires further assessment or risk assessment, if they're in crisis and need support, they will do that and then refer them in. So it's difficult to give a one-size-fits-all response to that because it really depends on the circumstances of the caller at the time. Obviously, if, if a caller is emotionally distressed, they will talk to them on the phone, provide emotional support. And when they feel that the caller and their assessment is that it's comfortable to do so, they will refer them to the local DCO area office for further support with a social worker to then develop a support plan or they could refer them through to open arms, veterans and families counselling or in a range of other referrals depending on the situation. So aside from the everyday things that people might be calling DCO about, the hotline is also there for emergencies and when people need to get in contact with their military member who might be deployed or overseas. Can you talk us through how it sort of works when someone accesses support through the hotline to get in contact with them? Firstly, if a family member has a serious emergency, so they have a serious medical or safety emergency, obviously the first point of contact should be triple zero. But then aside from that, if they are in distress uh, and they call the Defence Family Helpline, as I said earlier, the helpline will talk to the family member, the partner, and assess their situation and obviously work out a plan to move forward with support, whether that's trying to get a message to the ADF member, looking at other support in the location or looking at other supports provided by family if they're not in the location, maybe bringing a family member in or looking at supports in their local area that would assist their situation. So once they have accessed support through the hotline and, for instance, it is determined that a message needs to be sent to the military member, what happens after that? Does DCO have any further contact with that person? Do they follow up or? Or how does that sort of work? Or is it just um, the military member comes back and then it's up to, I guess, us to access further support depending on what the situation is or how, what sort of works with communication and, I guess, ongoing support with DCO? In terms of ongoing support, it really depends on the circumstances, that the family or the family member and their wishes and their situation. In terms of follow-up, if a crisis situation occurs and, and supports are provided and things reach a sense of normality for the family and they're comfortable, during a process of talking with DCO and the helpline, the helpline can offer support if the member's still absent and, and that can be done through 
absent support calls. The helpline actually undertakes those calls. The helpline do it for a few reasons and it, it's more born out of convenience for the ADF family. Sometimes they like the calls on a weekend or late at night when, when children have gone to bed or the house is more settled and the helpline can actually talk them through some of the challenges about having the ADF member absent and some of the practicalities in terms of dealing with that, whether they're feeling overwhelmed and, and just daily life is really making them overwhelmed and just some practical things like stepping out the day, planning the day. It may be as simple as doing some online grocery shopping rather than everyone heading to the grocery store, some of those types of things. So those supports can be ongoing while the member's absent for as long as the family or the partner wishes. Then further support or further contact with DCO can be by various means. If the family opts into DCO events, they can continue to go to them if they're already linked in with a DCO area office. In terms of the, I'll go back to the crisis situation, as part of that, the helpline would always offer to link the partner or the family in with the DCO local area office for ongoing support around that crisis or that emergency or just that general situation. And then the DCO area office social worker or team would assess the length of ongoing support in conjunction with the family. They'd have a chat and, and look at the family and how they're comfortable and how they're coping and then decide on future support plans from there. With regard to the support officer who's uniformed, what is their role in, I guess, families and within DCO? The military support officers have many roles. As I said earlier, one of their roles is to liaise with command and be that link between the DCO area office and command along with the DCO local office area manager. Um, And they can get a feel for the activity within their region and what's happening in terms of the ADF activities and how DCO then can plan their support for families. They also have a role within the DCO office in terms of helping the DCO staff with the specialities, for want of a better term, around the ADF. And, and as we all know, sometimes the ADF can be acronym heaven. It may just be as little as explaining an acronym and just helping with those specialities around the ADF life. In regard to that, as you mentioned, they're sort of liaise between DCO and, I guess, command. So, for instance, if there was um, a ship deploying and it was in within within their local area, would they then, I guess, be the eyes and ears of what's happening with um, movements of, okay, well, this ship is going, so heads up DCO, these people may need extra support. Is that sort of how it works or? One would hope it doesn't get to that in terms of that sounds a little ad hoc. I would hope that those conversations and and I I know know they do in terms of local area officers with the area manager and the military support officers with their liaison with command, they're actually planning way in advance. So it wouldn't be just by hearing it on the off charts or in a conversation. They're actually planning those things in advance so that the area office can build into their planning support for those type of activities. Is there a way for people to find exactly what type of support and information is available to them? So for instance, like they might fit into different categories. They might just be de facto or they might be married with kids or married without kids or their partner might be deployed. Like, is there one place where they can go to get information that's suited to them? There is. So DCO offers a range of programs and services to help all kinds of defence families, whether they're married de facto with kids or without kids. This starts with new recruits and continues through every stage of an ADF member's career with their family. From moving and relocation due to posting, employment and time apart, managing difficult times and transition from full-time service. So in terms of information about where to find support about all those types of 
scenarios or situations that you may be in. Information on DCO's programs can be found at the website. So that's www.defence.gov.au forward slash DCO. All family members or ADF members can call the helpline at any time to find out um, how members and their families can get support. In regards to, I guess, Military life presenting various challenges. The Partner Employment Assistance Program is offered to some of us. Can you talk us through what you need to have to be eligible to access that program? Firstly, the Partner Employment Assistance Program offers funding to eligible ADF partners, and that funding is $1,500 for each posting that you relocate with the ADF member. And it can cover things such as mandatory fees for professional re-registration that's required under legislation and also professional employment services, such as the development of and coaching in personalised resume writing, coaching job search techniques and strategies, development of an online profile and, and many more type of professional employment services. To be eligible, you obviously have to be the recognised partner of an ADS member, have a posting order or have posted within two years of a posting. So we extended it from 12 months in a posting location to make partners eligible for up to two years within a posting location. We took some feedback from the Defence Family Survey and other feedback that we'd got from partners and it was decided to extend that because partners were expressing that sometimes 12 months wasn't long enough for the effects of relocation to impact their employment. So we extended that to two years. It's been received really well. And can you talk us through what Kids Smart and Family Smart are? Who do they help and how can people access those programs? So the Smart Suite of programs help defence families develop their resilience providing them with psychological resources to manage the military way of life. They teach a series of skills, including grounding techniques, progressive muscle relaxation, changing self-talk, problem solving and expressing emotions. The Family Smart series targets the challenging aspects of defence life, such as deployment, relocation, partner absence from home, or reuniting with a partner who is returning after a long time away. Then we've got the Kids Smart program. It's for primary aged kids to help them manage issues arising from posting, relocation and deployment. The programs are delivered by DCO staff out in the local area offices in small groups and provide practical tips and techniques to help manage stressful situations. And so are are those programs run regularly or, or how do people go along to those programs? Are they um, something that's every six months at DCO or how do they access those? So the programs are planned depending on the demand at the time and the interest in the programs and obviously each area offers will have different circumstances around that. Families should obviously follow the DCO Facebook page and on that it has all upcoming events. They can then go a little bit further and follow their local DCO Facebook page and that links to Eventbrite. And when events are coming up, they can sign in and express their attendance at the event. Also, families can ring the Defence Family Helpline and express interest in those sorts of programs and the helpline can actually link them in with their local office to see when the next program is running, if there's any further their interest uh, for more programs as more families come on board and express interest in them. When someone is posting out of an area, what is DCO's role with Defence Family posting out of an area? Sure, mobility, as you, Beck, and, and all your listeners are aware because you guys live it, mobility is a huge aspect of the Defence lifestyle. And families moving to a new location can contact DCO for a range of support for children, like changing schools, special needs advice and support, 
and information about partner employment when that's affected due to relocation. One particular thing, the DCO's education liaison officers, they can advise families about local education systems, schools, education issues and support available like the schools in the new location where you're posting or have just posted and they can also link you in with the Defence School Mentors. Also families with dependents with special needs can also contact the helpline for advice and they can apply for an assessment of assistance on posting which may give them access to a range of supports around that special need in terms of a pre-posting visit if they have meetings planned at the new school and other support and services. Okay and is there any Anything else that's offered to people when they're posting into an area? Is there, I think there's a welcome visit or how does it work when we post into an area? Hey, Military Wife Life community. I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about the Defence Bank Foundation and the great work they're doing in the defence community. The foundation raises funds to support serving and ex-serving ADF members living with injuries or illnesses such as post-traumatic stress disorder. In 2019, the sole beneficiary of the foundation was the Defence Community Dogs Program, a specialised dog training program which rescues abandoned dogs and trains them through correctional services. 40 service dogs have been trained and given to veterans since the Defence Bank Foundation was established. The program gives dogs, inmates and veterans a second chance at life. Most definitely. So DCO holds welcome events that are aligned to every DCO local area office and they're held between the end of January right through to mid-March and they're aimed at families who have posted in or families who have posted in the year before um, and would really like to go again because the information that's provided at those welcome events is vital to defence families in terms of not only just what DCO can provide in terms of supports and services but the local area supports and services that go to those welcome events and the information there can be really valuable to defence families. Again, the website will provide dates for those welcome events or families can ring the helpline in the lead up to their new posting cycle to ask when those welcome events are in their new location, date, time and the location of that event. And if someone's posting into an area when it's not that key, I guess, posting cycle time, maybe it's been a media posting or they're just not within that January to March time period when the events are happening, is there something that they can access through DCO when they're coming to a new area and those events are already been held? There's a range of things that families can access if they're not in that end of year, beginning of year posting cycle and and they do find themselves moving. Lots of options are available to them. So again, they can ring the Defence Family Helpline. They can ring the local area office of where they're going to be posting or if they've just posted in, they can contact them then. DCO liaise with community houses. Community houses, I guess, are in most of the major defence areas where people are posting into. What is your role when it comes to the community houses? Defence and DCO work really closely with the community centres. Defence maintains community centres and neighbourhood houses around Australia where community group meetings or family oriented activities can be held. These centres, as I said, are vital um, in building a sense of community, connecting people in their local area and they provide really valuable social, recreational and educational opportunities for those who attend. DCO provides support to these uh, centres through funding programs, support for communities of management and general support for the promotion and the coordination aspects 
um, of the activities run by the centres. Through our family support funding program, community organisations can apply for a grant to deliver support and services that's going to be of value to defence families and the community. They have to be a not-for-profit incorporated group to apply for the grant and they have to demonstrate their commitment to deliver to the local community. I guess going from one extreme to the other, what support can individuals access when there's been a breakdown of marriage or I guess partnership? What are the first steps that they should take when they've decided to part ways I guess? In the unfortunate instances when there is a breakdown of marriage, people can call the Defence Family Helpline in the first instance for advice and information about the services and resources they might need. The DCO website is also a really good place to go for information about the support services available and there's a checklist of administrative processes that need to be undertaken in those circumstances and just information about entitlements that may be available in in the circumstances of a breakdown of marriage. Okay, and when something like that does happen, happen when the couple have decided to, I guess, separate or get divorced and they've moved away from each other. Is that person then still able to access support through, I guess, open arms or through the hotline or is it because that they're no longer recognised by defence as being, I guess, the partner that that sort of ends? It wouldn't end in terms of support because the helpline will always talk to callers and and talk them through their circumstances, whether or not they're a recognised dependent or not. In terms of then what's presented during the call, of course, referrals can be made to Open Arms, the Veterans and Families Counselling Service. And those discussions may continue with the helpline to do with children that are within the family, any array of matters. So the support just doesn't stop there. Some certain entitlements may stop, but certainly the support over the phone and through other referral mechanisms such as open arms does not stop. I guess when individuals decide that they are going to discharge from defence, is there ongoing support that family can access or how does it sort of work when it's been decided that they'll discharge? So in terms of transition, it's going to be inevitable for every ADF member, whether it's towards the start of their career in the middle or right to the end. It's just inevitable at some stage. And it's a significant decision that is made or in terms of just not only the ADF member, but it would affect the entire family. So planning early will make sure that the entire family is informed and and ready to enter that next phase of life. Transition is a shared responsibility. So when a member decides to leave the permanent service, they should engage not only their family and the unit, but also the ADF transition centre. Members must undertake the transition process through their local ADF transition centre. The member will be assigned a transition coach at the centre who will tailor their transition uh, to meet the needs of the member and their family. And that involves things such as providing an individual transition plan, offering coaching during the transition process and up to 12 months after, helping with the administrative requirements of transitioning, also information to assist with gathering all that really important documentation like service, medical and training records and also facilitating connections to defence and government support services. We encourage members to involve their families or support persons throughout that transition experience. And again, there's lots of information for members and families on the DCO website. And members and their families are really encouraged to attend the one-day ADF member and family transition seminar held across the country at all major defence locations. In regards to the system, I guess, changing from the opt-out to the opt-in system, can you tell us a little bit about why the system did change from opt-out to opt-in? That's always a really topical thing and Defence 
navigates this on a daily basis and it really comes down to the use of a member's personal information that's governed by the Privacy Act. Unless otherwise advised, Defence can only use a member's contact details in the course of their duty, which doesn't extend to contacting the family members for reasons other than like emergency situations. ABIS members and their families are encouraged to opt in for the services DCO provides. People that are coming through, I guess, Defence families or um, spouses that are coming through now wouldn't have known anything different, but people that have been in the system, I guess, for a while will have known what it was like when it was opt out as opposed to opt in. So I, I guess people coming through now just need to be aware that they need to put their hand up to receive, I guess, information from DCO. I guess even when it comes down to being put onto the mailing list of your local DCO, you can do that. You just have to opt into it. Correct. And, and there's various forums where the opt-in concept is communicated. And, and so the welcome events obviously is one of those. So we, we've got all of the, or a lot of the Defence families coming to those events and DCO stand at, at those events encourage all families to put their details down and opt in. There's also members posting to units. There's the unit briefings and DCO attend them where that's spoken about and lots of other forums that happen around the bases where members have that sort of information where they can take that home to the family and obviously encourage that their details are provided so that DCO can keep in contact with them. In saying that, each DCO office do put on their own events. In regards to them putting on, I guess, different events across the country, is there a reason why it isn't just, okay, this is the event and it's offered in each location? Like, why is it that it isn't cookie cutter, I guess, around the country that, you know, a certain type of event is offered in each area? Does it come down to the individual DCO office or how does that sort of work? DCO has a range of programs and events that can be run. The local DCO area office team understand their community and the events that would assist their community and they run the events that they feel best suit that community and that have also received feedback from the families themselves that would best suit that defence community and that's the way that they're planned. And then going to, I guess, if someone feels the support that they're being offered isn't what they need or maybe they feel like something else could be put on in their area, how do they go about communicating that to their DCO office? Should they be contacting their flow or who's the best person to talk to about a different type of event that they might think would be suited to their area? If they're already linked in with their area office, of course, that their family liaison officer is going to be the best point of contact in terms of providing feedback about the event and how they're interacting with the area office, uh, what programs and services are available to them. That's the best way. You can also provide feedback to the local DCO area office staff when you're at events. DCO local area officers put on the walk and talk events, the coffee events. They're great forums to have a chat with the staff and provide feedback. And going on to a few questions that some followers have um, sent through. The first one being someone had sent through a question in regard to having postnatal depression and her wife is away on a ship at the moment. What practical services could DCO offer in that sort of situation or provide a spouse in that situation? That sounds like such a sad situation. DCO can certainly offer 
practical services and support, they could call the Defence Family Helpline and at the time that circumstance would be individually assessed so that the Defence Family Helpline can provide the best support and advice possible. Depending on the individual circumstances that are presented at the time, for someone experiencing postnatal depression, some of the following may be provided to that person, such as immediate over-the-phone emotional support through the Defence Family Helpline, including a risk assessment to see how the partner is currently coping, a referral to the local DCO social worker to develop a holistic plan and explore further support options for the partner, possibly a referral to open arms veterans and families counselling, and also encouragement for the partner to seek specialised mental health support through a referral by their GP. DCO would do an individual assessment, including a risk assessment, and look at the best supports and linkages for the partner. And then we also had someone ask in regards to, is there any support someone can access who isn't yet in crisis, but they're heading that way if they don't access some sort of support? What would be the best point of call for them? Yeah, I encourage anyone who is experiencing difficulties to give the Defence Family Helpline a call. The helpline will spend time talking to them to find out more about their circumstances in order to provide the most appropriate advice and support. And I've got one for me. So my husband and I are MWDU and we have been for the last couple of years. He is posted to a ship and has recently come back from deployment. But during the deployment, the ship is based in another area to where we live and the support offered through DCO for the families of those people who were deployed was coming from the local DCO office, which was Sydney and we're in Nowra. Is there anything that we can access in regards to not falling through the cracks when we're MWDU? So we're in another location to where the member is and the support services that are offered for that deployment are from the location that the member's from? Yeah, there, there certainly is. So in terms of where you're situated, we have a local defence community organisation office. And so then just linking in with them, making sure that you've made contact with them. If you're after community engagement and, and being part of events, if it really depends on your circumstances and what you're after. The Defence Family Offline could also continue through with deployment support calls or absence from home calls. So, of course, there's lots of supports available. It would just be a matter of either calling the helpline, as you said, the, the Sydney DCO office or the NOWA office and finding out what's available and what's happening through those offices for the ADF member and you as the family and, and what support and services or community events you'd like to be linked into. And just lastly, the Family Smart programs, is there any plans, I guess, in the future to run those online so people can attend, I guess, Skype in so they can access those programs when they can't necessarily attend on during the day if they're working or is there a possibility that that might be in the pipeline? DCO is always looking at how to not even just better deliver, but how to deliver programs to provide more access to defence partners and families. One of those may be through offering Skype and that would come through when we review the family suite of programs. That's currently being undertaken and any feedback that's received through the local offices about those program reviews would be taken on board in terms of considering future delivery options for those programs. That's why I say it's really important for ADF families to deliver their feedback through either their flow, anyone in the team at their local DCO area office, the Defence Family Helpline, those sorts of avenues, if, if you can deliver that sort of feedback, those options can be considered when the programs are being reviewed. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Shane. Thanks, Beck.
I so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 